So, Curtis, Curtis Lewa, your upcoming host, I saw somebody today in the subway, and I was wondering if it might have been one of your guardian angels, because the gentleman, a little bit older than you, was wearing a beret. Now, it was a little maroonish, not quite as scarlet, um, and it had one of those little nipples on the top. Whoa, 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 hold on a second. You, you, you describe a tam. That's a tam. That is not a beret. Oh, that's not a beret? No. That's a tam. That's what the French wear, you know. Um, the artists. Well, if you remember the skunk. Uh, Pepe Le Pew? That's right. Pepe Le Pew yeah. would wear the tam. Uh, the Basques. The Basques, you know, always at war with the Spaniards and the Caledonians. They would wear the tam. Don't ever insult me. By suggesting whoever you saw down there, which probably a homeless person, there's so many of them in the subways now, was wearing a beret. This is a beret. And you know what that, you, you had to start me off, right? Your, your news director, Noam Layden, was wearing a beret last week. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, head to 77, WABC Radio on Instagram. You get to see the full video pinned to the top of the page. With Noam Layden, who took my beret off my desk and put it on his head. And it's just like, oh, it's a wonderful life. I, I got a beret on my head. I'm a guardian uh, ch- cherub. What? what disgraceful. Oh, well, I mean, look, I think he was doing it in many ways in tribute to some of the past greats that have worn berets or tams or whatever it may be. Oh, oh whatever it may be. Uh, this is a beret. Oh. That was a Tam. Gotcha. Uh, and I realized this was Noam Layden's birthday. Oh, my God. Sid Rosenberg this morning couldn't have been praising him enough. Salutations, greetings, dancing the horror. They were together there, drinking the schnapps and having sponge cake in the morning. Uh, it, and, you know, I don't care if it's his birthday. I am going to disparage him. I want that Red Beret taken off. It. It lampoons me on the WABC Instagram page. Well, he wants to put up another video, Noam, and, you know, maybe uh, you will or will not be accepting of this. But since it is his birthday, he was hoping to do another video wearing a beret again. What's he going to do, snatch the beret off my head? I don't know if he has his own beret now. Maybe he likes that style. He's decided to incorporate oh, please, it please. into his everyday. Please, I mean, can you imagine? He's like the white Urkel. You can imagine he's walking around with a red beret. I'm the guardian cherub. Oh, my God. We'll be so humiliated. And I tell you what, I still haven't gotten him. I invoice him once a month for the bill he stuck me with at the Hummus Summit at Al Basha on South Main Street in South Patterson when I was trying to put together a Hummus Summit. Trump, uh, well, we invited him to come. This is when he was running for president in 2016. It was in the Bergen record. I mean, five-page spread. And what did Noam Layden do with his son? He did the dip. He did the bird. He didn't even pay his bill. He stuck me with the bill for him and his son because, oh, we got to get to the Giant game. And, you know, he's wearing now in the newsroom a Tommy DeVito throwback Giant jersey, that Mama Luke. That's exactly what Noam Layden is. Oh, maybe mommy can make you some chicken cutlets and make you bad, just like Tommy DeVito, the quarterback from the Giants, Gnome. Well, I'm hopeful that we can make things right with this Hummus Summit. I know you're really broken up about the fact that you had to cover that bill all those years ago. Maybe we can pass around the TAM and take some collections. It's a beret. Oh, Although, <laughs> speaking of passing around the hat, up next... 
stories of George Santos that nobody has ever heard before in advance of this HBO series that I think I can get apart for sit-in. And I'll be talking to them tomorrow on Zoom because they're interested in knowing the unknown about George Santos. So, hey, don't flip the script on me. Don't change the dial. I'll get my vengeance on uh, Gnome Lady. And you better believe this. Just head to 77 WABC Radio on Instagram to see the full video. And you will see Gnome Lady making fun of me. And they let him get away with this here at WABC. It's pinned right to the top of the page. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and Reef. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed featuring Curtis Lewa. Walking about. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. I have one thing to say. You better work. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the theme song for the Udisgraziata, the Shanda, best known as the grifter, the liar, George Santos, who's been kicked to the curb by the House of Representatives, but he has been reborn as HBO has announced that there will be a series on the life and times, of course, dramatic. Of George Santos, who was a drama queen like you couldn't believe. For two years of his life, he was a drag queen outside of Rio de Janeiro competing in every conceivable contest to become Miss Drag Queen for the annual, uh, <laughs> the annual party of all parties in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, and yet he would always come up short. And I'll never forget when he was asked about a film, the video of himself as a drag queen. And he said, no, no, it's got to be somebody else. They did photo recognition uh, technology on the photos and video. It was him. But naturally, no, no, a thousand times no. That's the life and times of uh, the Pinocchio, as we would say in Italian, the down, George Santos. So here it is. He gets kicked to the curb. He's kicked out of the House of Representatives. He's threatening uh, all kinds of retribution on his fellow Republicans, especially locally. But I want to focus on something that many of you don't know. That's my role here at WABC. I have to 
uh, serve you up an hors d'oeuvre with Sid Rosenberg in the morning, Monday through Friday, 7.05. I did it this morning with Sid. I told him that I was going to recommend him uh, for the HBO series because he was one of the few people who actually got along with George Santos, remember? They were both alumni of Baruch College along with Jennings got back uh, from around the block, Jennifer Lopez. Although he never went to Baruch, he had told Sid on the show that he had had two knee surgeries, one on the left, one on the right, because he was an NCAA champion spiker uh, on the volleyball team. He not only never played volleyball, he never went to Baruch. And let's face it, Sid rolled with that. Sid, he would be magnificent in this series. And let's face it, he is a thespian now. He's had many opportunities to be on the big screen, to be on series, Gravesend, the most recent one. So, look, I'm going to do that. Tomorrow, I have to do a Zoom conference call with people who are researching George Santos for this series because they heard that I have information that others don't have on this guy because, let's face it, I hated this guy from, from the Jump Street. So let's get right down to it. Day number one, yesterday I was invited to the New York GOP reception for the new Speaker of the House, Johnson. I didn't know him. I was able to hear him. And one of the most contentious issues uh, in the discussion amongst everyone there in the New York GOP was why did they kick out George Santos? You would have loved this wrong way, Lou Rafino. A woman got up. I've seen her at many previous meetings. And she said, what the hell? She turned to our congressional delegation. Why did you kick him to the curb? Now we're going to lose the third congressional district, my district. How about all of you donating money from your own congressional funds to help whatever Republican ends up running against pretty boy Tom Swazi, who's already the Democratic candidate? There was nothing. No, no comments to that. And then she stands up, wrong way, Lou Rafino, and says, I will be honest. I was raped by George Santos, my congressman, not not physically, metaphorically. But then you committed an abortion. You took him away when he should have finished his term. He already said he was going to resign. And now you've opened up an opportunity for the Democrats in which we have a small margin to begin with. I mean, both sides, there were people who are both sides of the issue. And that obviously was like throwing gasoline on the fire. But the best part of the meeting is afterwards. It always is. A bunch of young Republicans got around, all of whom knew George Santos, worked for George Santos in both of his campaigns. And they were sitting around commiserating. And then my colleague on Sunday nights now, he's on with me, 8 to 9, Andrew Giuliani, was I'm shaping up as a talk show host. So I got done for many here. Invited me over. They were all millennials, Generation Z, X, Y, whatever the hell that generation is. And they said, hey, Grandpa, come on over, because I'm the baby boomer. And they were swapping stories about George Santos that have never been, never been printed or heard before or spoken before. Number one, one of his fundraisers said, I got him on a Zoom conference. I got him with some real heavy hitters, some whales, and they're asking really tough questions. And George Santos is schwitzing on the other side. And then he did a pivot and shift. He looks at his cell phone, and at the most opportune moment, he said, nobody knew he was going to do this. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I just got very bad news. My brain cancer has returned. Oh, my God. And he starts crying. He probably 
He probably took some onions and put them under his eyes, you know, at that point when he ducked down. And he's crying like a little baby. And some of these hardcore donors who have no empathy or sympathy because they don't want their pockets picked, I understand. Everybody wants money from these whales. Was so empathetic, so sympathetic, they wrote instant checks. They gave their credit cards. And even the fundraiser was taken aback. Oh, my God, if there's anything I could do for you, George, please let me know. It was all a scam. It was all a scam. Now, what he did was he didn't pay any of his bills because he didn't have any money. But he always paid his fundraisers because fundraisers in politics generally have to wait like everyone else, a month, two, sometimes three months, sometimes more. He knew you pay your fundraisers on times, and they'll be devoted you to the ends of time. And because he didn't have any money, he was playing a Ponzi game, uh, had that scheme going. His staff, he would drive home personally, even if it meant blowing off meetings because he couldn't afford to pay for their Uber home. And so he'd say, oh, I want to make sure that Marilyn gets home safe and secure. And nobody ever knew that. Nobody ever knew that until somebody figured it out. Donors would give him money, and they would find out it was a scam. And so one of the staff members would say, hey, you should you should go. You should complain to the attorney general. You should complain to Congress. And they would say, are you kidding? I don't want to be perceived of as a sucker as being stupid, as as being taken for a ride. I'm not going to complain, but I'm not donating to him anymore. So the guy was able to skate. And then probably the best one, initially when he ran the first time against Tom Swazi and lost, but ran a good race. That's why we thought that he'd probably get an opportunity to run again, which he did. I'll tell you a little side story on that. He told everybody he'd go to meeting after meeting and say, I'm a Roman Catholic who was born and raised in Brazil. Then the second time around, Lou Rafino, this time he's running against that pitcher, that uh, Schmendrick, Zimmerman, you know, woe is me, Zimmerman. And he's now saying he's a Jew. And so some of these young people are saying, wait, wait, George. You told us you were a Catholic the first time we were fundraising for you. We targeted Catholics. And he said, well, as he suddenly did the typical shift of a grifter, he said, to be honest with you, my grandparents came, they escaped the Holocaust, they were Jews, they settled outside of Rio de Janeiro, and then they converted to the Catholic faith, which means that I'm Jewish. And they believe that crap. And then he went on to say he was a Jew, he was a Latino, which you're not if you're in Brazil. Come on, it's Portuguese. And he was gay. And so if anybody questioned him immediately, it's, oh, you're a homophobe. You're a homophobe. You're a homophobe. And then wrong way, Lou Rufino, the walls were closing in on him. People wanted to know, where are you getting all this money from? You're giving money to all different Republican causes. You're giving money to the Nassau County GOP. Where the hell are you getting this money from? And he goes, by the way, I'm building a brand new $5 million house right on the south shore. No, make that, excuse me, the north shore of uh, Long Island, right there on the Long Island Sound. And he made it seem as if Bob Villa and the American Home Improvement Group was actually doing all the renovation. He had videos that he had purloined, stolen from somewhere, and he would keep sending it to the donors. Oh, look, 
Look, look, this is how I'm rehabbing the kitchen. Look at the Long Island Sound view. And they were bamboozled by it. They figured, oh, yeah, the man must have a lot of wealth. A lot of wealth. I am telling you, ladies and gentlemen, this is probably going to be one of the greatest TV series, well, cable series of all time, HBO. You remember, what was that, Leonardo DiCaprio when he pretended to be the pilot, the doctor, the lawyer, the prosecutor? It was the Spielberg uh, movie. Martin Sheen was in it. Psycho Boy, Christopher Walken was in it. And that was a great movie. Oh, this will be so much better. And tomorrow when I give them all this additional information of things you never knew about George Santos before, who's been a fraud from birth, and he'll probably be lying his way right into the grave in Potter's Field when all is said and done in a cardboard box. I'm going to get uh, wrong way, Lou Rufino, I'm going to get a part for Sid Rosenberg because, you know, he's on his way to the Walk of Fame on Hollywood Boulevard. And by the way, if he gets more parts... Then I get to do the morning show more, you know, with John Katsimatidis and Andrew Giuliani. So there's a benefit there in all of this. He goes to Hollywood, and I get to do the morning show again. Isn't that great? Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking about this is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. tell you something uh, wrong way Lou Rufino enough of that music of Ohio players they always mess with the fire department in New York City they always mess with the fire department in New York City and it always has to do with removing the fifth firefighter from the engine companies in New York City and once again This mayor who is destroying this city because he gives everything to illegal aliens and he takes from us and takes from uniformed services now. He's slashing the budget for the firefighters, for the cops, for the sanitation men and other agencies of the city, all for the illegal aliens and gots and bupkis for us, the people who got to pay the taxes. And the most important aspect of the role is man. I don't want to hear this crap that he's trying. He took an oath of office back in 2022, January 1st. Remember, Lou, he said God had told him 30 years before that he was going to be sworn in as the mayor of the city of New York. Talk, took an oath of office to protect everybody in New York City, and he has forsaken everybody. So in this round of cuts, because he decided to give all our money to illegal aliens, he is once again renewing what Bill de Blasio, the part-time mayor, the dope from Park Slope, 
tried to do and, again, had to amend it. And I'll tell you, because I remember directly being in the crossfire and criticizing Daniel Nigro, who was his fire commissioner and, of course, the author of removing the fifth firefighters from the engine companies in New York City. And that was back, um, if I remember correctly, in 2018. Let me tell you how serious this is. I remember as a little boy, I went to the Canarsie Firehouse on Rockaway Parkway. That's where the Canarsie kid was from, who recently, unfortunately, perished in a fire. Massive turnout of support at his wake in Flatbush and the funeral mass out in Bell Harbor and his burial. And remember at that time, I said, no, no, no. I know for years I was called the Canarsie kid. No, no. That firefighter, what a brave guy. Out of all the things I've ever done. And it been, as you know, many perilous things that have put my my life in the crossfire. The most dangerous thing I ever did was to run into a burning building when I was dealing, when I was delivering the daily news. I was 16 and rescued five people. One, the sixth one, was on fire. That person emotionally disturbed that set themselves on fire on their bed. And I tell you, I still have nightmares about that. I don't have nightmares about being shot. I don't have nightmares about anything else uh, in my life except running into that burning building. It's nothing prepares you for that. Nothing ever prepares you for that smoke that knocks you out for the heat, the flames, and the fact that you can feel under you fire, you can feel over you fire, and you know the next step is you're out of here. You're going to be room temperature. So to all those men and women, wherever you are, who are firefighters, whether you're professionals, whether you're volunteer firefighters, without a doubt, it is the most scariest thing I've ever been involved with. But now let's bring it up to the here and now. I remember that, that, that Udiscraziata de Blasio took away the fifth firefighter from 10 engine companies. This was in 2018, right before the Christmas season, where the fire commissioner, Daniel Nigro, instead of Nigro resigning, which he should have done, he just, yes, boss, yeah, whatever you do, boss, yeah, whatever you do. There was bone-chilling temperatures. I'll never forget it, between Christmas and New Year's. They took that fifth firefighter off the engine companies. There were 12 who died in a massive blaze in the Belmont section of the Bronx at that time. A total of about 20 people in just those two weeks. And study after study showed that the engine companies equipped with five firefighters can get water on a fire twice as quickly. There's no doubt about it. So what did they do? They restored the fifth firefighter. And now they're playing rope-a-dope with the fire department again. Eric Adams. Let me tell you a story about Eric Adams. I spent a lot of time in Brownsville, even lived in Osborne and Hegeman at one time after I grew up in Canarsie. Most white guys left Brownsville a long time ago. I did reverse osmosis and moved in there. I was the only white guy. I remember when Eric Adams was making his bones in the police department and organizing black police officers. He had a press conference outside of a firehouse underneath Livonia Avenue, the number three train going to New Lots Avenue. And he was saying there were too many white firefighters, too many white firefighters, basically once again alluding to the fact, without using the term, that they're a bunch of crackers. 
and the UFA never forgot it. Their leadership endorsed them against me, even though they were aware of it because many of them were probationary uh, firefighters back then, you know, who had uh, gone up the ladder of civil service because more so in any other department, it's civil service. Uh, they get you the pro the promotions to firefighter, driver, lieutenant captain, battalion chief, assistant chief. I think once you're a fire chief, it's all appointment. Before that, it's all civil service. So all those firefighters knew that about Eric Adams. And then the union, the UFAO, we're going to endorse Eric Adams. Yeah, if you called you too white, might as well have called you all crackers and just basically di- disparaged you. And now, now once again, he goes back to the old playbook, removing the fifth firefighter from 20 engine companies in New York City, cutting the staffing by 20%. Well, today, the UFA at 2 p.m., at their association headquarters, I think it's on 23rd in Manhattan, we'll have a press conference decrying it. They've had to do that before. No longer with them. One of the greatest guardian angels of all time. He was with me just about in the beginning, Eddie Brown. Went through the ranks. I remember spending many days at the house, firehouse at Bryan and Seneca when we were doing crack raids in the area with the guardian angels. And he was a firefighter, union delegate. Went on to become their treasurer. Knows all about the business. Explained it to me, you know, from beginning to end. Saved my life in New Orleans. A guy tried to shoot me, and he took him out with an axe kick when we were organizing Guardian Angels there. But this is extraordinarily perilous. Extraordinarily perilous. That fire engine is equipped with that hydraulic pump that holes in water so that the firefighters can attack and fight the fire. They got to aggressively fight that fire. They will go in where nobody else will go. That's the fire engine. You need the five. You can't go less than five. You are putting everybody's life in jeopardy. You think Eric Adams, you think anyone on his staff, you think the people in city council give Jack Dilly squat any, any idea of what has to be done, then you have the fire trucks, the engines. That's like the toolbox. They come in there with that gigantic aerial ladder, the rescue equipment, the tools to support the firefighting that's going on. It's all orchestrated. They train, they train, they train, and they bring in that super pumper that can draw from eight hydrants, 10,000 gallons per minute. These fires, they explode with ferocity. And, you know, all we hear of late is Laura Kavanaugh, Laura Kavanaugh. Nobody likes Laura Kavanaugh. Why the hell she's the fire commissioner is beyond me. Her two top uniformed officials, the chief of the department, chief of fire operations, basically said we are not demoting three chiefs. All all of a sudden they're alluding to the fact that all Laura Kavanaugh has done at the behest of Eric Adams is create a fire inspection priority list under the cloud of always prioritizing friends of Eric Adams' first donors. If you didn't donate, to the back of the bus. And that's all Laura Cavanaugh. She's got to go. She's a horror. But let me get back on track. Because what this does is it jeopardizes the firefighters, it jeopardizes citizens, and all we hear of late. I'm sure you've heard this also. Wrong way, Lou Rafino and Matt Meany. The lithium-ion batteries... The lithium-ion batteries explode. They create fires. 
They're in smartphones, laptops, electric scooters and bikes, e-cigarettes, wheelchairs. They're rechargeable. You know how many houses I've been in? You go into a tenant, uh, a tenement. They got, they're overloading the strip. You know, they all of a sudden has like nine sockets and they got like figure, they figured out a way to put 12 into the main socket. They're stealing, tapping into electricity from a nearby building. They've got extension cords that are so old and they're ripped apart and it's a fire waiting to happen. And you can't necessarily put out these fires created by these lithium ion batteries with water alone. You got to come in sometimes with chemicals in order to do it. And sometimes once you think you put the fire out, the fire starts again. Because they're overcharging, they're explosions, they're fires. And then all the illegally subdivided apartments in this city that every mayor, every mayor, including my friends, allowed to exist in the city. And they never shut these buildings down. And people living in basements with fake walls in individual rooms, some of them living in closets against every fire code going on. And all of our politicians look the other way, Democrats and Republicans, especially Bloomberg, the billionaire when he was mayor. Last year, there were 200 fires alone because of these lithium-ion batteries, which are being used more and more and more in fire traps. So what is our response to all these additional fires? We're going to remove the fifth firefighter from 20 engine companies in New York City, cutting the staffing by 20 cents. Why? To take care of more illegal aliens? You should resign, Eric Adams, if you do this. You should freaking resign because you took an oath to protect the people of New York, to protect our visitors, to protect our tourists, to protect our firefighters, to protect everyone in the most, as I have personally experienced, frightening situation in a car. Remember, I got shot with five hollow hollow point bullets in the back of that cab, June 19th of 1992. It pales in comparison to when, as a 16-year-old, I made the decision to charge into a burning building on 92nd Street off of Avenue J in Canarsie to rescue five people while delivering the daily news in the morning. That was the most frightening experience. And you can't find a lot of men and women who will do that job. And they got to train. And they got to train. And against their better instincts, the human instinct is don't run into that fire. And I got to tell you, firefighter after firefighter has said, look, you got to train. You can't have a fire going on over your head or under you because that could mean the Grim Reaper is going to come for you. And this mayor who disparaged firefighters years ago in Brownsville, how quickly you forget UFA and your leadership when basically he called you all a bunch of crackers without using that term. And now all of a sudden he's removing the fifth firefighter again as de Blasio did from 20 engine companies. Are we going to allow that to take place? Because there are going to be more cuts down the road. And all I hear from everybody, oh, he's trying, Eric Adams. He's trying. He's trying to freaking destroy this city. And he's doing a good job of that. You know how many firefighters end up with cancer? 
the leading cause of their death because of all the toxins that they were exposed to and inhale and then it festers inside of them. Some of the men and women who never smoked, not a cigarette, not a joint in their life, not a cigar cigarette to Pirello, end up with severe lung cancer, which is a killer. You know what that's from. So, ladies and gentlemen, it has got not gotten anywhere near the attention of us being down to 29,000 cops. That's ridiculous to begin with. But if they are able to remove the fifth firefighter, dozens will be injured, dozens will die, and most importantly, our firefighters, the bravest, remember 9-11, right? The bravest, how many, how many men they lost. And then all of a sudden, we're going to say, well, you got to be even braver. This mayor should resign if this continues with this policy. And Laura Kavanaugh, a feckless, weak fire commissioner, should resign also because nobody respects her. Nobody follows her in the fire department. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Everything free in America. For a small fee in America. The invasion continues into our city unabated. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, has clearly established himself to be the mayor of the illegal aliens. Whatever they get, whatever they want, they get. The rest of us, we're told, pay for it, shut your mouths, and you get Ugats, you get Bubkis, as the cuts continue to affect our quality of life and basic services. But I started this program discussing with you that I was a guest at the um, New York GOP meeting at the Empire Steakhouse, the introduction of the Speaker of the House, Johnson, who I never met. And once again, the New York uh, State GOP leadership snubbed me and Andrew Giuliani. Uh, never even mentioned us. I was sitting right there, right? Right next to Speaker of the House. Uh, hey, like I, I ran against Eric Adams. Yeah, yeah no mention. Hey, uh, like uh, Andrew Giuliani ran against Lee Zeldin, finished second. No mention. But what use of that from the New York State GOP? So at the very end, when everything was finished, I should have grabbed the microphone. I really should. You know I would have done that, wrong way, Lou Rafino. And I should have said, in the corner there, she deserves a, a special round of applause for all of us, the Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis. Now, you, you might say, why Nicole rather than anybody else there? All right, enough, okay. She has found the smoking gun. She and her staff have found the smoking gun that we've all been looking for. I've been looking for it. My wife, Nancy, the E-attorney's been looking for it. Others who have been trying to stop this illegal alien invasion have been looking for it. And it's amazing what she has come up with. She had a press conference yesterday at a place that I've spent a lot of time and will continue to spend time with the rebels on Father Capadonna Boulevard in Mid Midland Beach, which is uh, the place, as so many of you know, where senior citizens were housed for long-term housing and care 
Many of them from the greatest generation, World War II veterans, Korean War veterans, kicked to the street and told, find your own accommodations. As Eric Adams said, we're making this, this facility available to illegal aliens only. And what Nicole Mali Attackers and her staff did was they did the deep dive and they found from the nonprofit that's making money hand over fist. It's called Homes for the Homeless. On page 50 of the contract with the city, that there is an entire section dedicated to voter registration. Now, why would you be registering illegal aliens to vote? It's because what recently happened when the city council, December 20th, 21, opened the door for green card holders and other legal non-residents to qualify to vote in local elections. Thank God it was struck down by a Staten Island judge, but Mayor Eric Adams is appealing that. And what they want to be able to do, they want to be able to say, and that's why they're pushing for these work permits, if you're here and you've been here at least 30 days and you have one of those fake New York City resident cards that they're giving out like uh, from a Pez machine, at least 18 years of age before Election Day, you should be able to vote in municipal election. No Republican could ever win because all these illegal aliens will be grateful to Democrats. And I want, we got to applaud Nicole Maliotakis and her staff for digging this up and all the other elected officials out there who worked in tandem with it. State Assemblyman Sam Pirazzola, who just recently got elected, Staten Island Republican chairman who was there, Assemblyman Michael Tanush, Assemblyman Mike Riley, the former cop, City Councilman David Carr. And you knew that Nicole Maliotakis had the goods and was able to come up with that smoking gun, which makes it now all apparent why we're letting in millions of illegal aliens that are going to destroy our country, simply that the Democrats can get them registered at a rapido and dominate the elections. Because Mayor Eric Adams, who has been quiet like a little church mouse, I only respond once a week to off-topic questions, and that's on Tuesdays, immediately slam Maliotakis claiming it's false, it's reckless, it's lies. No, 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 Eric Adams. It's over. You've lied to us every step of the way. That's your plan. That's Hochul's plan. That's Biden's plan. And now you've been cold-busted. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.